How's it going, everyone? We have got a very awesome episode. We got to keep this uh, first part just a little bit shorter because guess what? Student athlete life, it, it never fails, does it, Josh? Yeah. I mean, it, it is always boom, 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 boom. But hey, we love it. Uh, it's what we do, and it's what we love. And real quick, we, y'all know who, what this episode, or excuse me, uh, who this episode is sponsored by. It's El Baron. Uh, Mr. Vaughn, we love you. Everybody knows Empanadas, you go to Weber, Warner, Southeastern, it's worth the drive. If you don't go to one of those schools in the Sun Conference, then whenever you do come and you play Weber in beautiful Babson Park, go and check it out. Josh, before we get into everything else, I do have a huge announcement that I can confirm will be happening this week. It's just a matter of this hurricane, tropical depression, whatever you want to call it, that's been going on out of low-key Jinx, Florida. Because I kind of, about a month ago, I was like, you know, I've been living here for a year and I haven't experienced any like hurricane or anything bad like that. And I think it's rained every day since. And, yeah. and now we got a bad hurricane. But if that hurricane does not come to fruition, we get to do, or I get to do something that we want to do a lot more on Suncast. And that is go to somewhere outside of Weber to cover games and be there live. And I will be able to go down Thursday morning at 11 a.m. in West Palm Beach, Florida. The number one women's soccer team in the nation will play host to the number 12. And I think Suncast's number one fan, the Scad Bees. I will be there live for that game, weather permitting. It's huge. Huge. You can get live footage for the the Instagram, We'll be there. We'll be there live. And this is kind of like the interviews, absolutely. And it's kind of the matchup. Uh, it, th- Thursday, that's kind of what's happening Saturday in the Sun Conference. It is an unstoppable force in the SCAD B's attack versus the immovable immov- object in the Kaiser women's defense. We get into that matchup in football with Mr. Ryan Cunningham, the Southeastern safety, who comes on and joins the show. Josh, go ahead and get into that uh, th- that matchup as they go down to Miami Gardens to face the St. Thomas Bobcats. Uh, as you guys will uh, hear a little bit later in this episode, um, we talked with, with Ryan Cunningham, and we just talked about you know, how, how good their defense was and um, how important it was to, to prepare for a good offense in St. Thomas. And a few things you know, to look out for is St. Thomas's super balanced offense with, with Tyler Thomas at quarterback and Tate Farmer running back. It's one of those things where – you know they've shown already this year that if the offense, if the the passing game isn't there, they've been able to rely on on the running game, vice versa. You know if they can't get the running game going, you know Tyler lights it up through the air. Um, but Southeastern doesn't have a very not too bad of an offense either. You know no, led don't. by Kalen Wiggins, who's off to an incredible start both with his legs and his arm. So this is really going to be a huge matchup. It's going to kind of dictate, kind of show everybody who's the top dog potentially in the Sun Conference in football this year. Um, it'll also give us an idea of is Southeastern really good or is FLOMO or even is FLOMO even a little bit better than people think, Absolutely. depending on how this game goes. Um, yeah, Southeastern goes down there and does really well against St. Thomas. I mean, that, that's just a huge plus for Florida, for Florida Memorial. I mean, not even just Florida Memorial. I mean, the Sun Conference as well because that just shows the depth of the conference you know, and the competitiveness from, from top to bottom. Right. Um, speaking Not- of bottom, unfortunately, um, Warner t- travels to Stephen F. Austin this Saturday at 6 p.m. That is going to be tough, another tough test for a Sun Conference team. Um, I don't know 
if Warner in their first year this was necessarily a great idea, but I think you can find, you know they'll be able to find a way to take some positives from it. Um, playing a really talent, much more talented, much more physical team, and Stephen F. Austin. Um, and that's know, really it with football this week. Those are the only two only, games. Only, with only the, two games with the forfeit for, for Lauderdale to Weber. So I think you, I think everybody knows uh, Warner's going down there, and they're hoping for the best. But in that St. Thomas Southeastern, who's going to stand out? Who's going to put an early case in for Conference Player of the Year, and who's going to come out on top down in Miami Gardens? I've, I'm pretty sure my predictions at the beginning of the season has slightly been altered throughout these episodes throughout the season so of far. Of course, I mean, as but they should. That's after watching both games, um, I really think it's going to be crucial to see how St. Thomas deals with, you know, covering Kalen Wiggins in the, back, in the backfield because, I mean, like I said, he can run and he can throw. So if they're able to neutralize, you know, that running aspect and just play, you know, coverage defense, I think uh, St. Thomas will be in some good shape. But, I mean, that Southeastern defense, you know, I, I like the fire. Really? And, and, I, and I like Kalen Wiggins having a career day Ooh. down in Miami. Ooh, Bobcat Nation's not going to like that one. But I think, I, I, think, I think that's a fair take, man. I mean, I think it's going to be a really good game. Obviously, I'm not going to give any predictions or whatnot. I'm just going to watch that game and really enjoy it. You and I will be covering covering on Suncast um, just because we got uh, a free Saturday, and hopefully you're in a good mood at the beginning of that game because yeah. y'all, Florida's traveling up to Old Rocky Top. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll worry about that on Saturday. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, shout out to to Tay Farmer and Tyler Thomas, two two great guys. Enjoyed having them on. Wish them the best of luck. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be rooting for both teams. Both players that we've got to interact with, but right. I think it's just going to be tough for the for the Bobcats to 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 hold Kalen Wiggins down. I think that's just going to be that's going to be the deciding factor. That's the X factor, Kalen Wiggins, right there. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I think it could end up being a little bit of a shootout. I agree. So you got a score prediction? Let's go thirty-eight, thirty-five, Southeastern. Game winner. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where St. Thomas scores a touchdown late and tries to get the ball back and just can't. 38-35, fire. You know, the uh, fire kicker, I can't think of his name right off the bat, but he just broke the school record with a 51-yarder a couple weeks ago. I think think that also will be another game changer. Absolutely. I mean, that's a weapon. Absolutely. I mean, most teams at this level necessarily probably need to get it within that 35 to 45 range. That's probably the longest. They'll probably attempt, but I mean, if you got a guy kicking 50 yarders, and I, I don't think they're going to be scared by any means to run him out there for a 52 yarder, or even 53. Right. You know, if it's within the couple yards of his of his top, I think they're they're not going to be scared to run him out there to, you know, try and uh, steal some points. Josh, I think that can be looked at as a little bit of a hot take. You picking Southeastern, no pun intended, a little hot take fire <laughs> <laughs> over St. Thomas, but. Hopefully you can get one because I sure got one with volleyball earlier this week on the previous episode. Not not a lot of people necessarily agree when we first came out, and I had Ave Maria being number one overall. Yeah, they're defending Sun Conference champions, but through the beginning of the year, it looked like the best team was that team down in West Palm Beach. Well, Ave Maria beats St. Thomas. St. Thomas beats Kaiser. I mean, a little, little, little bit of math there. And who knows, that matchup will – come to fruition later on in the year, but I, I, I'll come out with new polls later on, but I'm pretty confident right now in Ave Maria being the best team in the conference. The thing I'm not so sure about is 
Kaiser being the number two team in the conference because St. Thomas just beat them, so there's a little leap in it. And Weber's back. Weber had a amazing first set against oh Ave Maria. I mean, Ave Maria this this past game against Coastal Georgia. That was I, right. I don't watch much volleyball, but man, that was impressive. Those, those girls are a unit. They're in sync. Will High and Sick, not Sick, Will High and Christy Lorena in the middle at 6'2 and 6'6 coming at you at the net. Sikama is doing an amazing job for us. Alexis Turner has risen up. She, she was someone we did not see a whole lot in non-conference play, but Alexis Turner as an outside here is doing an amazing job. And they're doing all this without Gabby Lopez, who was, who was key in winning that first set against Ave Maria. And when she got out with a hamstring injury, kind of went downhill after that. So how did Coach Mormon in her first year and her first like big test – like they were on a ten-game winning streak, they were looking good, and then they got wiped off their own court. How would they respond? Just a few days later, they sweep Coastal Georgia. There looking... wasn't even close. No, there there was not. Each set was a little similar. It was like that. It was close five five. After it got about those first like ten twelve points were scored in each set, Weber just went full throttle oh, and yeah. just knocked them out. That game was over in an hour. It was but yeah. I I got there in the second set and it was around like seven twenty five and the game was over at like eight oh five. Yeah. How about that crowd though? I mean, Babson Park is bu- buzzing. We're about to find out what soccer is talking about here. We have four o'clock kickoff. That's another reason I gotta we, I gotta get out of there. You got a football meeting, but dude. It, it's not the same here as what it's been in, in the last year. I showed up to a soccer game the other day, and they were playing Life University non-conference game Wednesday, Tuesday, 4 o'clock. Yeah. There was – It's hot. Packed stands. It's hot outside. There was people all throughout the stands. Like, I mean, you, when we play baseball games, it's at night normally. It's in the mm-hmm. spring. A lot of those sports are done, so they don't have much going on. So they'll come out. Those games fill up pretty good. But, I mean, the volleyball the volleyball arena, packed. Yeah, okay. Arena or something like that. Packed. Soccer Packed. game, all the all the seats taken, all of them. I mean, I I mean I seen the football game a couple weeks ago when you guys played Atlantis. I mean, it was just people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there was it was And that was for a scrimmage. Atlantis was a scrimmage. You look at week 1 against Lincoln, it was I mean, it, it, it was like standing room. I mean, obviously Weber's not exactly got stands the way Southeastern and Kaiser do, yeah. but it was electric. It was a really good environment. But volleyball across the conference, I think there is starting to be a little bit of a separation between the top four and five and everybody else. I think Weber's definitely gotten in that conversation. They are, they have chewed up and spit out that preseason polls of them being next to last in the conference. Ave Maria, Kaiser, St. Thomas, Weber, and how about the Lions of Florida Memorial? They are looking dangerous, and where they they whooped up on, on Warner this weekend, man or excuse me, this week, just in general football, did what they needed to do. We talked about that on last episode, but down in Miami, Florida Memorials goes and sweeps Warner. I mean, they got Souza with 17 kills. That's absolutely amazing. And Fernandez has been a defensive beast leading the way with 10 digs. So Florida Memorials definitely a team to watch out for in, in the volleyball world. But the main thing that, that – I the main breaking news that we had on Suncast and we've been posting a lot were the recent NAIA women's soccer polls. And, buddy, thank the Lord we weren't recording right when they came out because I was hot, hotter than outside right now before 
it's 92 and humid outside here and beautiful Babson Park. But, dude, they got one thing right. They're absolutely right. Kaiser's the number one team in the land. If they don't put them one, then, I mean, it, it would have been a joke. Yeah. But there are not eight teams in the country better than the Southeastern Fire. They're a top five team. There are not – and, like, my hot meter just gets – Hotter and hotter as we progress on. SCAD being 12, joke. They're not 11 teams better. There might be five or six teams better. They have one blemish, one little blemish against Georgia Gwinnett earlier in the year. Ever since, I think they have been the second best team in the country. Now, I think it's fair not to rank them ahead of a couple other teams. That's fine. But them and Southeastern are both top seven teams in the country without a doubt. That after that, the disrespect in the Sun Conference gets extremely real. St. Thomas has been doing an amazing job this year, and I believe they're 6-2-1, and one, and they barely got any top 25 votes. Ridiculous. And there are teams, and we're, we have agreed we are very pro-Sun Conference. We're not doing anti-non-Sun Conference teams, but there are teams without a win in the top 25. I don't, there are no, teams, I don't care for that too much. There are teams winless, or a team, a certain team winless in the top 25. There are teams that with the 500 record – and teams with below 500 records. And a lot of that, why is that? Well, they're playing those other teams that are up there around the top. They're playing SCAD, Southeastern, and Kaiser. And losing to them, not very pretty either. And a team, two teams that are very, very disrespected, Weber and Thomas University. Weber 5-0. Weber's 5-0. You want to take a guess of how many top 25 votes they got? Zero. Big old goose egg. Both of them. That is atrocious. That is ridiculous. Weber had one close game. It was to life. But guess what? They dug down and they won. They gone on the road. They traveled across the country to Ohio. Twice. And picked, yeah, twice. Well, I think it was the same same trip, but it was, you know, no, still. I'm saying they, their first road trip, they played two oh, that's right, you're and right. won both. And then correct, another correct. road trip, won both. And came back home and played on a Tuesday afternoon, hotter than heck, and they won. Yeah. Battled and won. In a sloppy, scrappy game, they're proving they can win any kind of way, and they're not getting any top twenty-five votes now. Them and Thomas, I think, is kind of a one of those one of those things. You don't want to put them in the top twenty-five, fine, but they need to be on the fringe without a doubt. Yeah. St. Thomas needs to be in the top twenty-five. So what is you know, Weber's going to get their opportunity here very soon to go and, and prove why and they got a pretty good uh, game today. They, well, against Florida College, if they go out there and handle business, they should be on that fringe. Josh, what does Thomas University do the day these polls come out? They welcome in the number 23 or 24 team in the country, the Georgia Gwinnett Grizzlies that I'm very friendly with, and they shut their – they shut the door on them. They – whoo, whoo, okay, yeah. They win 2 nothing. dominant performance between the sticks for, for the Nighthawks. They get two goals in the first half, and they shut it down. And they don't get any votes. So if they don't get votes or they're not a top 25 team, when the next polls come out, I better see at least five Sun Conference teams in the top 25. It's just getting or right. at least four and two right there in that top 30 to top 35 range. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. If you look at all, all, all different sports, I mean, you don't see winless teams or even 500. I don't care who you played and, you know, how strong your schedule is. If you're looking at teams who won their games and when they look at teams who lost their games, you have to value that at some point. Right. You can't just a team that's five and zero. Oh, they haven't really played too too tough of a competition. But a team that's oh oh and five or whatever, they you know they played some ranked teams, number one team or whatnot. I mean, but they still lost. 
You know what I mean? And, and it's all, and in Weber's case, it's not like they're taking a first class flight from Orlando to Cleveland. They're on a 17, 18, 19 hour bus, bus ride. Yeah. Going up there and not allowing a goal. I don't care who you're playing. Your legs are dead after that kind of a trip. And they looked incredible. And to get no top 25 votes, it's a joke. I mean, that, that's frankly what it is. But I'm sure that will all be changing very, very soon. I, I, I just wish it was right. I, I, I wish the polls were, were just a little bit better. And honestly, if you kept, well, obviously, Kaiser 1 and SCAD and Southeastern where they're at, I'd, I would raise my eyebrow a little bit. But it's more the, the, the middle of the conference not getting any respect that I'm looking at. It's like y'all need to understand, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're a good conference, but we're not a top-heavy conference. We just happen to have a really good top and a really strong middle. Yeah. Now, the bottom of the conference is the bottom of the conference, but, I mean, show, show me a conference at any level that is top 25 from top I wonder to something, like, really strange that I sort of picked up on. Um, ever since we started, like, doing this podcast, like, we, it was a lot of the spring sports. I mean, the Sun Conference, softball and baseball, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. um, you know, was exceptional this past year. Right. And there was some speculation on the fall sports because, you know, it was always top heavy, but like the bottom, the middle to the bottom half of like all these fall sports are are always kind of just mediocre and average. But like ever, I'm not gonna say that we made the podcast. Everyone starts to winning. That's not what I'm saying. But like, if you notice that like a lot of these teams, like the conference is getting has way more depth in every sport: volleyball, soccer, football. I mean, if you look at all of them across the board, they're all getting this depth that I don't know about the past before I got here, but I mean, there was never any kind of hype around these these middle middle of the road teams, and now all of a sudden, you know, you got a, a Weber team who might be like fourth or fifth in the conference at five and now, mm. and you got a Weber team, excuse me, um, in football that hasn't hasn't been the greatest in the past few years at two and one heading into a huge a huge conference game halfway through the, about halfway through the season. I mean, well, I I think that. I would like to say, yeah, with that, doing this has given a sense of pride or something like that. But I really think it, it's just how well the athletic directors are running things in the Sun Conference. I mean, like, like I mean, Brad Niehammer, for example. I mean, look, look how much Weber's improved since he's taken over in, in the last couple of years as an no, overall athletics. I mean, it's like, crazy. The, the message that I got, like, it was like, a, like when I first got here, like the things that you heard about in the past was just like, you know. There wasn't there wasn't a lot, you know. The, a lot of the sports teams weren't super great. You know, baseball was always fairly okay, <clears throat> and softball as well. But but, then, like, but like they were competing in the Sun Conference. They right. weren't competing in the in, in Columbus and Lewiston. Right, like they weren't on that national stage. You know, hadn't hadn't won a regional, hadn't like been in the top twenty five much, or you know, ha- won the conference one time. Hmm. But it was just one of those things where it's just. Everything's just on an upward, upward trend. Right. And it's not just the sports that we've talked about on here either. I mean, women's basketball has been on that upward trend, especially with Southeastern. Now, Southeastern's going to be interesting with Coach Hayes leaving, and we'll get more into that once basketball starts later on in the fall. But men's soccer is something that we've kind of put on the back burner just because we haven't had time really, and we've been kind of waiting just a little bit more, and just because of how great football is doing, and then obviously women's soccer. Josh, I think there's a very, very good chance that when Suncast's birthday comes up, because I started this pretty much exactly six months ago, when we get a year to date, 
I think we'll have three red banners in the Sun Conference because obviously Southeastern, Kaiser Women's Soccer, and St. Thomas Soccer. You know they beat two really good Division Two teams. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like they have beaten two extremely good Division Two teams. They are on an absolute war path after the way their year ended last year, and I think they are absolutely in the conference in the Red Banner conversation. Now, I don't think they have quite as strong of a foothold that Kaiser Women's Soccer has, but they are right up there and they are motivated. This is a very motivated group. They have started inter- um, they started talking with Suncast a lot more. Now, also, I think Weber could mess around and be right up there this year, just the way that they have been playing. They are looking excellent. Weber could very well go on a run. If they get things to go their way just a little bit, watch out for Weber messing around and making the NAI tournament this year. Wouldn't now, that be electric? Electric. <clears throat> I got one thing I just don't know is now obviously, I'm hoping Weber football, we, we, go and, we go and make it to the playoffs or whatnot. Brother, if it comes down to men's soccer or women's soccer, we're gonna have to split up. We're going to, you're, or something. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't. I know the the women's ones in Orange Beach, Alabama. So that's definitely doable. Uh, I'm not sure where the men's is though. I think it might also be there. I don't know. Need to need to confirm and double check with that. Uh, Josh, I know you need to go. Honestly, I don't. We don't have a ton more to talk about. We we covered a good bit. Uh, I can do. I'll do a little weekend preview for soccer and volleyball if you need to get going because I got a little bit extra time. Sounds good. All right, my man. I will. I'll catch you, and we will flip right back to me here in just a second. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. All right, we do have an absolutely massive weekend coming up in men's soccer, women's soccer. Uh, we already talked about football, volleyball. Sun Conference is now fully underway in all sports. We're just waiting for women's soccer pretty much to get it started. But men's soccer is underway, and now we're going to start really getting in and covering men's soccer a lot heavier because we don't really know a whole lot. Outside of St. Thomas going and beating Nova Southeastern and uh, Tampa, we, we don't really have great competition Shown now, Kaiser went and excuse me. Well, there there are a couple couple Southeastern and Kaiser have gone and played some top twenty five teams, but we still don't really know because they've tied. They tied both, so it's like, well, we we better or we not? But we're going to find out a lot very soon. It'll start to take shape. And well, guys, I, I might as well just go ahead and jump right into it and give y'all my preseason or pre conference. Sun Conference power rankings. I'm going to go ahead and tell you there's going to be a couple in here that might surprise some people. There's going to be some that people don't like. And, well, all I can say to that is go look at what happened with the volleyball rankings. They were pretty pretty dang good, if you ask me. If anything, I probably should have been a little bit bolder with a couple of my takes. Like, I think St. Thomas was actually one of the second – well, we're not even going to get into all that. We'll just talk a little bit about men's soccer. And first game, or first team up, is a team that's on a war path. They are on revenge, and I think they have what it, what it takes to bring the Red Banner to the Sun Conference again. And it's going to stay in South Florida, but it's not going to stay in West Palm Beach. I think St. Thomas is the best team in the Sun Conference, and I think they're going to keep rolling. And I think we'll find out a lot about them because they face a pretty good Thomas University team that is who they welcome in for their opening game. I think St. Thomas will win the Battle of the Thomases. However, I think it will be a fairly high – not high scoring, but I think – 
Thomas will get one in the net, but I think St. Thomas will handle them fairly well. I think St. Thomas will win that game 4-1. to one. But St. Thomas is my number one team. And nipping right on their heels are the defending national champs, who had a little bit of a slower start to the season with a couple draws, but they're still extremely good, especially at home. And they welcome in a Warner team who started off hot, but boy, they – they, they cooled down greatly, especially after that matchup with Weber International earlier in midweek show. But I do think Kaiser is the second-best team, and they're nipping right on the heels of Warner. And speaking of Polk County, here is where things get a little dicey and a little interesting, and it's that three spot. Now, a lot of people are going to say Southeastern is the third-best team in the conference. And I would not strongly argue against that, but I think this is where I'm going to pull out the Weber card just a little bit. And I, and I mean just a little bit because I think it is very close, and I think you could rank them 3-4 either way you want, and you got a good argument. But I tell you what, that team led by Captain Allen, who we will most likely be having on Suncast very, very soon, the man from Israel is dominating. He's coming off a conference offensive player of the week for the Warriors. They are undefeated. They are the third best team in the Suncast power rankings, and they welcome in a, a struggling SCAD men's team who did just pick up a big win, I believe 3-1 against Middle Georgia. And then right on their heels, again, I think it's really close. I think 1-2 is really close. I think 3-4 is really close. And then I think the rest of the conference is just – it's pretty close as well. But I think it's a little bit kind of like uh, separated in that 1-2, then 3-4, and then kind of everybody else. However, I do think Weber does have what it takes, and Southeast. I think both of those teams do have what it takes, but it's going to take some really good games and some really good showing for the Polk County area in Southeastern and Weber to go and compete with South Florida and, and uh, St. Thomas University and Kaiser, excuse me, yeah, and Kaiser University. So I do think Weber will travel up to Savannah, and which is not going to be an easy ride. And knowing that SCAD environment, it's not going to be an easy place to win at. But I do think Weber will take care of business. Also for that Kaiser score prediction, I think they'll win something to the tune of about five nothing against Warner. I believe Weber will go up to SCAD, take care of business. They've had a really strong defense. I think it'll be for something similar. I'll go three nothing Warriors and savannah and again i am having to rapid fire because i got to get out there and get on the call because i'm on my first call for women's soccer finally and i got to get out there pretty soon so we're going to rapid fire through the rest of these then we got ave maria they will be i have them fifth in the power rankings they welcome in a very struggling florida memorial team who's 0-4 and 2 i like this ave team they're spicy they're young and they're very similar to their baseball team in the sense they, they are young and there's a lot of good talent and they're building something special. I just don't think this is the year for it. I think it will be in the coming next year or two. Ave Maria will absolutely be a force to reckon with. And then rounding out the Suncast Power Rankings, Warner in that sixth spot. And then in last is Florida Memorial. So it, it's going to be a fun one. I, I, think, I think men's soccer has a lot of potential i'm just not sure it has the depth that women's soccer has i think southeastern and weber international can compete there at the top but it's going they're going to, have to we're going to, have to see something something's going to have to give i'm going to need maybe a little something something out of both of those both of those teams in polk county out there in central florida so moving on to volleyball 
uh, God, volleyball just seems like we are constant. Bang, 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 bang. We're going to have no changes to the power rankings. That will come out next week. But we do have a game that, boy, it's going, it's going to determine a lot. And it's, got, and it's two teams that are in crossword, crossroads. And I'll get to that, that game at the end because I think the, the rest of the games will go fairly straightforward. Warner has a non-conference matchup. They're traveling up to Pensacola, Florida. They, they are playing Florida College and Pensacola, Pensacola Lord, Christian College. Uh, hopefully they, they can get some out-of-conference wins there. Florida Memorial will be traveling to Lakeland and taking on Southeastern. I don't see the Lions struggling a whole lot there. And then the same with St. Thomas as they welcome in Coastal Georgia. So that leaves two teams outside of Ave Maria in this right now. But on the Saturday slate, Weber International University is traveling down to Kaiser. These are two teams that have had, well, opposite starts in Sun Conference play. Kaiser started off as – a little bit of the bell of the ball. It was a little. It seemed like 21 and three coming into conference play, a dominant win to get it started, and then they lose a tough one to St. Thomas University. They they got shook a little bit, and honestly, I think that's something that Kaiser needed. I think they needed that little shakeup just because of how much they have played and how much they have won. And now I'm interested to see what are they going to do because they are the team that went and played. 22 non-conference games before we've gotten into conference. And now we're in conference. Everybody else's legs are going to be pretty fresh. I don't know if Kaiser's are. And they better be because they have got a tough, tough challenge in Weber International who has gotten their chemistry down pat. And, look, obviously I know Weber volleyball more than I know any other team in the conference just because it seems like whenever there are volleyball games on, it's they're all at the same time. They're, everybody wants to play at either 7 o'clock at night on Wednesday or 2 o'clock on Saturday. So I don't really get to go and watch a ton of games, but I always, I'm always there for Weber. <laughs> they're good. Look, I know ball. I know ball. I know volleyball, and I know a good team when I see it, and this is a dang good team for Weber International. And if they go down there and they beat Kaiser, whew, Watch out because they they will go from in the Sun Conference coaches preseason whatever from second to last and they'll be sun, they'll be second in the SunCast standings. I guarantee it. I guarantee Weber come Monday when we release or Monday or Tuesday when we release the next episode they will be number two. Uh, well, some other things could happen there. <laughs> they could be one, but they will be top top two if they go down there and take care of business. Ave Maria does have. A bye this week. They're not playing any volleyball. But that, that's going to conclude kind of the weekend preview. No, it's not exactly the more in-depth that I like to do and talk and whatnot because I, I, Josh and I could have gone on for another 20, 30 minutes. I could go on for another 20 minutes. I, guys, I think, I think we're flowing good. I, I, I really like the direction that we've gone now, and we're moving. I mean, we're moving. We're doing boom, boom, and we are doing a really – I feel like we're doing a good job. I don't know. We may be doing a terrible job. I have no idea. But what I do know is we're having a lot of fun with it. I know y'all are enjoying it. I mean, it was just one more time. Shout out the SCAD bees. How about them bees? I mean, y'all are just awesome. The SCAD women's soccer team, I, I cannot thank y'all enough for how much y'all support Suncast and everything. And, 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 and it's not something I like require. And, I, and obviously, yeah, when it comes down to it, I, I, we, we really enjoy that. And we're really appreciative. And, I mean, yeah, guess what? We're probably going to talk about you a little bit more, and I'm going to keep a little bit closer eye. But we try to keep it as neutral as possible. But, man, I mean, it, it's so awesome when people that we – I haven't met anybody at SCAD. I haven't been to Savannah since I was seven years old. But, boy, I want to go, not because of 
the the nightlife and how beautiful Savannah is and the historic aspect and that it's haunted, this, that, and the other. I want to go there to watch scatter women's soccer. And that's why I'm going down there, weather permitting, because there is a pretty bad, I believe it's a tropical depression that could very well be upgraded to a hurricane coming through Florida next week. And I'm, that's scaring me a little bit. Um, just fingers crossed, not guaranteeing anything right now. Because, just because of that, I can't say scheduling-wise and everything, I will be in West Palm Beach, but if there's weather, there's weather. Ain't nothing I can do about that. It's suncast, but Florida, it, it might, might as well be raincast just the way Florida has been recently. It has been awful. I mean, it, we, it, we are getting rain every single day. I honestly cannot remember the last time that we haven't had rain. Anyways, thank you all again for, this, for tuning in, and we are going to switch it over to an amazing interview with a very – very, very special athlete. This kid, Ryan Cunningham, is going to be a beast in the Sun Conference for a long, long time. So here is Southeastern safety, Ryan Cunningham. And here we go. All right, we welcome on a very special guest, not only because he is, he's off to an incredible start as the safety for Southeastern, it is Ryan Cunningham, and it is a Southeastern athlete, long overdue, finally back on Suncast. Fire Nation, rejoice. We are back. We are so happy. And Ryan, we are so happy you have taken some time out of your very busy schedule, and y'all have had a very busy week, I'm sure, as y'all preparing for one of the biggest matchups in the Sun Conference this year. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me, too. Yes, sir. So let's just get started. Um... One of the first things I got for you, um, what made you choose Southeastern out of all the teams when, in the transfer portal? Um, so when looking around in the transfer portal, um, there's a couple of things that, you know, I knew I kind of wanted out of this college, you know, taking my next stop. And, you know, when I got on campus to watch my first game here, I really liked the environment they had, um, the way they did game days. Uh, it, was, it felt pretty special. And, uh, you know, I really liked the coaching staff that was recruiting me. And, you know, I had being close to home, that was definitely a big plus because, you know, my parents can come up to all their games and stuff. So I like that. Enjoyed being close to home. I'm yeah. sure that uh, I'm sure that field and that facility probably played a part in that too, huh? Yeah, big time. And yeah, just yeah. The, the program itself, you know, yeah. having good success the past year, so. I haven't had a chance to go over and play in Lakeland yet, but I've heard that that field and that environment, it, it's the best in the NAI. And I'm really excited. We're heading, heading over to see you here in a couple of weeks. When, hey, whenever that happens, definitely mm -hmm. hit, hit me up after the game. We got to get a little jersey swap picture for sure. Uh, All right, it'll be a good game, I'm sure. Uh, you said you are closer to home. You're over uh, from Tarpon Springs, Florida, a heck of a lot closer living in Lakeland than out there in central Arkansas. We'll talk about that Midwestern life that you and I <laughs> experienced just a little bit before we said, hey, we, we are Southern boys. We need to get back. That snow ain't for us. That ain't it. Mm -hmm. But in high school, you were a two-way guy playing both offense and defense, correct? Yeah. How did that kind of help translate into college and that when you became you're just a safety at central Arkansas and now at Southeastern? How did playing on both sides of the ball at you know, a higher level in high school help you at the college level? Yeah, so I think that um, playing on offense, it just kind of 
uh, you know, gives you a different perspective of how things work. And it also kind of shows, shows me like kind of like offensive tendencies, um, especially like, you know, most offenses make plays and have, you know, different plays that come out of that or certain formations, you know, they'll keep hitting you with the power just to, you know, pull out a counter play on you. So I think just things like that kind of give me a, a different awareness. Yeah, so you have played offense. Have you ever asked Coach Wall, like, hey, Coach, you know, I have played a run back fourth. We're up a little bit, fourth quarter. It's a, it's first and goal yeah. one. Put me in. Let me get one real quick. Yeah, and I haven't done any of that, to be honest with you, but I do miss running the ball. I can't lie. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit different um, than Reagan and I, I believe. Um, you had to play high school football during COVID. So that's like a, a big, a big change in terms of like most of the guys you might be playing with. So how, how was that? How was, how was it different? Any difficulties doing that? Like, was the recruiting a little bit harder? Tell me a little bit, a little bit about that. Yeah, it was definitely, definitely weird times. Cause I remember, you know, I was going into my spring, my final spring year, you know, at the end of my junior year and, you know, school got canceled and everything. Um, so, you know, that, at that point in time with my recruiting process, you know, that was like camp season for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some like visits lined up and all of that kind of went away. So I would say like during, during the heavy hit of COVID, like the communication kind of went away with the coaches. And then even my senior year, like the first grading period, I did online school. So. It was kind of weird. We were still able to get the season in, but I'd, I'd be at home Monday through Friday. I'd just kind of walk over to the school, um, do football practice, you know, from like two to six or whatever, and then just go home. So it kind of felt weird, you know, like not being at the high school, especially on a Friday when you have a game. But, you know, we just kind of adapted to it. Yeah, I mean – I mean, that's such a huge energy, especially going into your senior year. I assume you were obviously one of the bigger guys later on the team. And part of that, that Friday feeling, there's just a buzz going around the high school and missing that. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, obviously, yeah. once the lights are on, it's 7 o'clock or 7.30 on Friday night, and all that's out the window. But still, that build up all week and – especially if you're playing Tarpon Springs, your big rival at the end of the year, and it's a yeah. home game and all week or homecoming week, this, I mean, I, I hate it for all athletes who were, who were, I mean, I, I got lucky. I was the last class that kind of got to experience that class 2019. But I mean, that, that's got to suck, man. And I, I really hate hearing that, but it did work out for you. You did end up going to a solid division one FCS program that didn't work mm -hmm. out for you there. Now you found your home here, there in beautiful Lakeland, Florida, for a really good Southeastern Fire football program. But what, what's just a little bit of the difference, or is there much of a difference between being a Division One athlete and an NAIA athlete? Um, I think that the only difference that I've seen is probably that, you know, you know, Division One programs definitely get a lot more like money and resources they're able to use. But as far as things go outside of that, you know, it's not been that much of a difference. Southeastern 
you know, we've done a good job holding a high standard here, you know, throughout everything. Um, but yeah, you know, they definitely seem, seem to hold me a little longer up there at a division one program, but I think yeah. that's to be expected. Yeah, and I, and I think Southeastern's a perfect example. I mean, it's not like – I mean, football is great, but that's not the only sport there that is just built themselves into a national top 25, top 15, or the best team in the country. They're doing an amazing job over there in Lakeland, building an absolute juggernaut of an athletic department. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, like we talked about a little bit earlier, that huge play you made against Flomo – um, late in the third quarter, forcing that fumble, and they had a good chance of making it a one-score game. Um, kind of gave us that idea of you're like a pretty big hitter, forcing fumbles on some contact. Are there any guys and and uh, specifically that you like look up to, you model your game after? Yeah, so the two guys I look up to the most is uh, Troy Palomalo and oh, Tyron oh. Matthew. So, okay, oh, yeah. honey badger. You know, I like honey badger. I yeah. love. I love the Honey Badger. Uh, I'm a huge Saints fan. Big Who Dat Nation. Love that. I love that he is finally back home where he belongs. Have you ever heard the story, though? You know who Pat McAfee is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever heard the story? when? He, so he's from kind of like the Pittsburgh area. And the Colts, back when he played for the Colts, had a, a fake lined up for him. He was a holder, and they were going to, like, have him run right through the – the C gap is always wide open. That look was there. Well, yeah. Troy Palomalu was standing right in that C gap. And Pat looked, he's like, it's off, it's off. Palomalu, Palomalu's <laughs> right there. It's off, it's yeah. off. And like, I'm, a, I'm the holder for the team too. And if I got, if I got that look, now I'm like, okay, we got a shot. And if I looked up and I saw, I mean, for example, you, not saying we have a fake lined up for you or anything like that at, at the holding position. But if I looked up and I saw you, I'm like, it's off. We got Ryan. It's off. It's off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's no doubt you definitely – something that I think you have in common with a guy like the Honey Badger is you aren't exactly just a huge, big, like massive. You aren't the 6'3", 225 uh, safety coming down, but you got that dog in you. You're a little undersized, but you, you, you're doing all the little things right that make you stand out. But what are some of the specifics? I mean, just your preparation, anything else that you do to make you one of the elite safeties in the NAI through four weeks? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's just having the right mentality at all times, you know, trying to get 1% better every day. Mm. Um you know, like, I think that in preparation, like, I'm always, you know, trying to stay on top of my body, uh, being in the training room, uh, you know, good nutrition, just everything that I can that'll give me that advantage on the field. Um, you know, I definitely take everything pretty serious when it comes to that. You know, like, I don't want to not stretch one night because I'm feeling lazy. You know, I always want to make sure I'm staying consistent. And so, yeah, I think just consistency is what what I try to – what I've been focusing on this year throughout fall camp is just trying to stay consistent every day and building good habits. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's definitely pay, paying off for you. And that, that's a huge thing because myself, when I was in high school, it used to be, oh, I don't have to stretch tonight. I can just go and roll and whatnot. Well, 
I just turned 22, starting to get the, the, the years are starting to just swinging my leg up over my head repeatedly over and over and over again. And if I don't yeah. stretch at night, I'm my, my old self going to be feeling it the next morning. So I feel that <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still young, but you know, we got some, some older guys on the team and like, you can tell once you get up there, like past 20 years old or something, yeah, you said just don't work like it used to. Yeah, like you said, you do have some older guys on the team, and you being a younger and new face at Southeastern, who are some of those guys you think of that kind of maybe like took you under their wing and kind of showed you how things are done or the far away things are done? Yeah, so um, right when I got here in the spring, um, I'd definitely say Mark Vicek. Uh, he was a great, great friend to run into and meet. Yeah. And just kind of like, you know, pick at his mindset. And so I think being here in the spring with him and uh, Khalid Scott, you know, got to get a good spring with them. So I kind of had an idea of like, you know, what our what our goals were for this season. Um, but yeah, those two guys on on the defensive side were really good good leaders for me uh, this spring. And then coming in this fall, we got some a lot of new guys on both sides of the ball. Um, Eddie Davis. The other safety, he's been a great leader. He's a graduate, uh, graduate student from Lindsey Wilson. Oh wow! So with him coming in with that championship mentality, you know he's already won. So he kind of he kind of understands like how things work at a championship level, and he tries to you know hold everyone to that level. Um, so definitely yeah, like, a lot of good energy of leadership kind of everywhere. Yeah, you say you transferred from Lindsey Wilson. I know I know a thing or two about going up and playing them. That was my – it's actually my first game in almost two years because I didn't play at all during the COVID season up at the previous school I went to before Weber. Well, our first game last year was against defending national champion Lindsey Wilson, and we actually scored the first touchdown. We got – we scored the first seven points. Only thing was they scored about the next 52 points. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. – that was it was fun. It was like, oh, hey, we might have a shot, and nah, they 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 turned it up. Uh, they're they're a really good program, and getting a guy like that, I mean, yeah, that's a huge help for sure. Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, graduate students, um, outside looking in, there's a lot of hype surrounding Kalen Wiggins. So, give me a little bit about him and like what it's like facing him in practice every week, and how much that probably helps you going into facing opposing quarterbacks. Because more than likely, Kalen's probably going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And being able to face him in practice every day and compete with him out there before you have to compete at the real thing, I'm sure that's got to help. Yeah. Uh, so, Kalen, he definitely he deserves all the hype that he's been getting. Um, I remember I, he came in, you know, with a lot of receivers that came in, too. You know, I'm sure that our offensive coordinator was pretty happy with that. Um, he's just – you know, an incredible athlete. You know, I've never had a quarterback like him on my team. So week one, it felt pretty nice when he was just throwing touchdowns, running touchdowns. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I got to go on kickoff again, like every five seconds. <laughs> um, but, you know, in practice, it's, it's also really good competition because, you know, if, if you don't stay deep at safety, he's going to hit you with the deep ball and make you pay for it. Um, you know, I, I know he makes our D-line work a lot yeah. having to contain him. So 
And there's a lot of quarterbacks these days that are becoming more athletic and, you know, they'll be able to break it out and run. So I think, I think he helps our D line the most with having to, you know, contain him. Um, so when we do play the fast quarterbacks, we've already been getting a good look every week. Absolutely. Cause that's probably one of the hardest schemes to, to like cover against. I mean, if you even look at like the division one level, that's just something that's extremely popular, even in the NFL, the, yeah. like the read option scheme. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's definitely probably really big. And um, just bouncing off that, I mean, preparing for a really athletic guy like Kalen Wiggins every day in practice, you get to compete with him. Um, you guys have to go uh, down to Miami this weekend to play St. Thomas and they're led by Tyler Thomas. And he's not Kalen Wiggins in terms of with his legs, definitely a good quarterback um, as well as their big offensive line and um, Tay Farmer, their running back. Um, what's it going to take for you guys to head down to Miami gardens and come out of there five and L. So I think that what it's going to take is, you know, everyone on the team, we just need to keep the discipline, keep the focus rolling in there. Um, just knowing that it's a business trip. And the most important thing is just uh, being physical with them. And, you know, from the from play one, just bringing that physicality and keeping it throughout the whole game. I think that'll get us the dub. Yeah, something that he that- – Josh has talked a good bit about is y'all's defense on Suncast. And also he's talked a very good bit about St. Thomas's offense. I, Josh, you kind of agree. That's one of the premier matchups you've been wanting to see oh, this absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to, I can't wait to see a, your guys' defense to face a, a quote unquote elite offense in the, in the Sun Conference and your guys' um, defense, your guys, or their offense face a pretty elite defense in the Sun Conference. I think it's going to be really good for the conference, really good for everybody watching to give a good idea of, what that's really about and it's more elite than people think. So I'm really excited to see. Yeah. And you, and you talked just about how good that defense, your other safety and you got Joseph Bonga also back there. And the proof is in the pudding, man. Y'all are only giving up 148 passing yards and the, the number they really jumped out when we were doing our research at, for Southeastern defense. And for you is y'all are holding quarterbacks to a 43% completion rate. I mean that, that that's almost unheard of, especially in today's game of game of football, where it is throw, throw, throw. You want accurate quarterbacks hitting around that 60, 65 completion mark, and you guys are keeping them well under 50. What do you credit that to, man? Um, you know, I gotta credit that definitely to you know Coach Watt and all the defensive coaches just with you know the calls and stuff because I'm just every week we have different adjustments, just like offense adjusts to the defense. You know, our coaches are able to find find certain things and make adjustments um, so that, you know, we're at least running the best play that's going to put us in the best possibility. And then with that, I just think that, you know, in the secondary, we got five guys every snap that are going to be out there that I think that can just handle the the five guys on offense. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it truly is incredible. I mean, like we, like all three of us have said, I mean, guy like Kalen Wiggins, that's going – you don't have a choice. Either y'all are going to become a really good defense or y'all are going to get torched. To, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all practice on Mondays, but Tuesday through Friday, y'all are going to get out, go out there and get torched yeah. by them. And, and I mean, it, it's showing that 
not all, and it, I mean, it's iron sharpens iron because it's the same thing. As good as y'all are playing mm-hmm. on defense, helps him out exactly. Helps him him out a lot, Definitely. and y'all been doing great in practice. Just, what has been y'all's overall mentality, and how have y'all attacked this week uh, before y'all head down to Miami? Yeah, so um, the mentality this week, you know, it's just been staying focused and doing your job. That's kind of what we've been focusing on because if all 11 guys on the field can be, you know, doing what they need to do, uh, we just got to, you know, have trust in the plan that the coaches coaches have made and we'll come out on top. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So just a little bit outside of the Sun Conference and Southeast and everything, who were – I'm sure you got a lot of teammates uh, or outside of uh, Southeastern. Maybe you watch it on, on college or who you have a college NFL team with some, like, football or other athletics that you like to watch, you know, outside of the Sun Conference. Yeah, I'm just a big football guy, so I'm always watching, you know, college football – NFL on Sundays, stuff like that. Um, you know, I like watching some of my former former teammates who are out on different teams. Like, for example, a cornerback at Marshall. His name is Micah Abraham. He's having a good season, and they just beat Notre Dame. I was just about week, to ask. So. I was just about to ask. Yeah. I bet he was hype after going to South Bend and doing that. Yeah, it just that looked like a movie right there. So, you know, it's cool to like. Tune in on the people that I know. Yeah. That's sick. All right. So you're big like you say, big college football fan, big NFL fan. So I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. Give me a Super Bowl and give me the four teams you got in your college football playoff. The Super Bowl this year? Yeah, who you got? In the fourth. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to go the Bills in it. Smart man. Very Bills. smart man. Make the right choice for the NFC. Um I think the NFC is harder. It's a lot harder than the AFC, I think. Yeah, but it's not. I want to just say the Bucks because I, I, you know, you they're much. my team. So you know, I'm gonna say no, the you can be a Bucks. homer. I'm a Bucks fan, so we're good. Who that? Bucks, Bucks, Bills. Who that? Bucks are. I think. I think. Excuse I, me. Who that? How was Sunday? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. That Saints? was. Yeah, I was right. I, don't know. <laughs> I, um, I do have the Bucks in my fan. Bucks defense on my fantasy team. They went off. That was nice. Yeah, they're fun um, to watch. Yeah, man. Um, I gotta agree with that. Outside of the NFC, I don't. I honestly don't know. The NFC is a big question mark. But I kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to kind of realize it's probably not gonna be the Saints. No. But I am going. <laughs> oh, no. All right. <laughs> I want it to be Bucks, Eagles, and Arizona because mm-hmm. I want to see the party. But they're both in the NFC. No, they're not. Eagles are in the NFL. Bills, Bills, Bills. I'm sorry, Bills. I'm sorry. Bills versus Eagles. Bills, Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah, I said Bucks. Bills my and bad. Eagles. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I want Bills. Yeah, the Eagles. Eagles look really good. Yeah, really. They do. Yeah, they. I'm, they're I'm surprised. And if Darius Slay can lock up Justin Jefferson, he can lock up everybody. Yeah. Now I had Justin Jefferson. I needed 10.8 points on Monday night, and he got me 10. Yeah. Darius Slay made it really hard. <laughs> I <laughs> wow. I had Lamar and Stefan Diggs. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, Diggs I probably a, did. Did Diggs did. do good? I had about he had about 44. Yeah, Diggs had 44 points. He had 12, yeah. 12 catches, 140 yards, three. Oh, catches. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. All right. College football playoff. This is the one I need you to make the right choice right here. Okay. 
He kind of sees oh, your blanket. Oh, okay. Um, Georgia. Georgia's smart. in it. Smart man. Georgia. We need to revise ours, too. We, we got to come out. Well, then we got to do a weekly update. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll do that later. All right, so Georgia won. I guess just Georgia. I'll put Bama in there because they're always in there. Okay, Georgia um, and Bama. Let's see. SEC, SEC runs it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia, Bama. I'm not even sure how Ohio State's doing this year. They're 3-0, like, and oh, but they played nobody, nobody, and then struggled against Notre Dame, who is looking rough right now. So, yeah. I, I, no. yeah, I think it is hard. I, I think you are like 90% – of America right now, where Georgia's in it 100%, and then yeah. probably Bama, depending on what they do this season. But then after that, dude, it is. I'm not going to lie. It's everywhere. The more the weeks progress, I like Michigan a lot. I kind of like Michigan yeah, yeah. a lot. I like Michigan. Michigan. They, who did they just kill? They just killed somebody. I think it's a nobody. I think they just killed yeah. like, UConn or something it was, like that. I think it was. Oh, yeah. It was UConn, I think. Yeah, they went um, off on them. Yeah, I mean, other te- Oklahoma looks good. Played nobody. USC yeah. looked okay, but I got USC on upseller. I think USC loses this week to Oregon State on the oh, road. Okay, yeah. and I and I have Wake yeah. Forest upsetting Clemson. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's something we do. We do like upsets uh, on uh-huh. on on here. We have been. He's done good. I'm I've done one so far. I'm like I'm the best zero and three you can possibly get because I have. <laughs> all right, let me explain. So week one, I had Eastern Carolina beating NC State. They lost by a point because their kicker missed a field goal and an extra. Oh point. yeah, yeah. Man, that's tough. The next week, I had Texas beating Alabama. They lost by a point. When Ewers stays healthy, oh they win that gosh. game. Yeah, and then yeah, I was watching that one. Yeah, that was so. We were actually at a rain delay during that. It was during the uh, Atlantis game. We got we were under a rain delay, and then we ended up getting to watch like the entire fourth quarter. It was sick. It was like, and as soon as it, it was over, we got to go back out. But That's it. yeah, we're we're pre- we're pretty hyped hype for it. So whoever, so pretty much it'll be kind of like last year, Georgia at Alabama going at it again. I don't think that's a bad take. My only thing is, I think Alabama drops one in SEC play because they got a pretty brutal mm-hmm. road schedule. They got to go to Tennessee. They got to go to Ole Miss. They got to go to Arkansas. I think they drop yeah. one of those. Personally, I think they're going to drop one to Ole Miss. And then they'll mm-hmm. be 11 and one heading into Atlanta. And we're going to call the dogs and we're going to be barking and we're going to be biting and we ain't going to let what happened last year. We're going to go <laughs> ahead and finish them off before we even get, get into the playoffs. Because I think, well, yeah. We'll, we'll save a lot more of the college football talk for a little bit later on. But yeah, we could talk for hours. Yeah, hours yeah, we, we ain't trying to hold you for that long. But Josh, if you got any more for Ryan, that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's all I got. Ryan, if you got anything for us, far away. If not, we're all good here, brother. Um, let's see. So, who are you guys, uh, who is what we're playing this week? Well, we're supposed to play Fort Lauderdale, but. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I see. Yeah, so, so second bye week, and the next week we go play that team across the lake. Uh, that's Warner. 
We don't, Warner, yeah. We are the first game on their new turf field. They want a little revenge. We beat them 72 to 28 last year. So I think they want a little revenge, but that Lake Calusa trophy is going, going to stay with the good guys. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's let me make that claim. Will yeah, it stay with the good guys? Yes. But... <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But Ryan, um, you got anything else, though? Mm-hmm. No. All right. All right. Thanks again, man. Best of luck to you this week. We are. We know it's going to be a good game. We're going to be watching 100%. Uh, again, good luck. And I, we don't want to like two, but if you if y'all play well enough, hopefully you get the dub. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. the plan. Yes, sir. All right. Have a good. Have a good one, man. Thank you again. Thank you. Yes, sir. Of course.